and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter <laughs> Podcast. I'm here with four members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hello. <laughs> I have Scott back. Hey there. And we have Rob. Glad to be back. The boys are back from deployment. Um, it's been, well, you guys were gone. Did you, did you do two turns or one? One. One tour one. and you did one tour. Yeah. yeah, but you guys, your department was gone. Something went for... to Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. Tour and Because <laughs> <laughs> your department was deployed for the three or four weeks. We've been three weeks out. Uh, three weeks altogether. Three yeah. weeks altogether. Okay. Yeah. Plus uh, another week at all on our fire beforehand. So that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But but out of your district. Out of our yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, let's start off with a little bit of news. There is uh shit still burning. It is on fire everywhere still. Yeah. Uh, so our fire is settled down a little bit. It's still, I guess, class is out of control, but mm-hmm. it's just up in the bush and no real other structures are, are threatened for our area. However, we had a new one kick off the other day, uh, the Skaha Lake fire. Um, yeah, so it's uh, sitting around uh, 200,000 hectares. No, no, no. no, no. no sorry, 200, 200 hectares. hectares sorry. It's a biggest fire in the world. <laughs> it really, it really kicked up. I can't remember the writing. It really kicked up. <laughs> 200 hectares um, and currently they just put, end up putting some structures um, on evacuation notice yeah yeah, yeah they both got so put on notice yeah. Yeah. yeah should go back to that the White Rock fire that they were just started to burn off today too yeah, at yeah. about How big 3, is that thousand hectares yeah so the, mm. just the burn uh, sorry it's called a controlled ignition. A controlled <laughs> ignition, correct? Or no, not a no, not a controlled ignition. It's a planned ignition. Planned ignition. Planned. You can't control an ignition. <laughs> it's a planned ignition. Uh-huh. Um, so it, uh, yeah. So it's three thousand hectares. So put that in perspective. Our fire we had in two thousand fifteen was thirty five hundred hectares <laughs> altogether. Right. <laughs> it was a pretty big fire. Yeah. So they're burning uh, basically to get rid of. So this thing doesn't keep burning into the um, fall possibly into the winter, and then sit over the winter and then kick off again in the summer. Right. Yeah. They want to get rid of all that material that's sitting in there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get more into that mm-hmm. momentarily here. Yes. However, the other, the big one right now is uh, the Lake Tahoe. Um, so South Lake Tahoe, the Calder Fire. Um, so it's sitting around 177,000 acres, mm-hmm. and the math on that was 71,000 hectares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that one, I think, Rob, you were saying it was about 650 structures lost, like 400, yeah. one article said, one and said then another one was I think that maybe was Sunday night, mm-hmm. I was reading today at work, something like 650 and thousands more in the past, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are kicking off in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have so much, like, just density of houses in those places, it's mm-hmm. like, crazy, because there's no way you're going to protect all that stuff. Because even where we were, it was fairly dense, and there was probably sprinklers on most yeah. most of those houses up there. Mm-hmm. The they were running low on bladders. With the fires in California, it's like this is the end of our wildfire season ish. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like yeah. their mid fire season. I don't think they have an end. Like, they, they just keep going. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Like, so we can kind of look. Ah, September comes, then it October it'll start slowing, and then October will hit, mm-hmm. and it'll basically be over. Yeah, theirs is so so hot and dry all the time. I mean, it cools off, but you still get those those winds, right? The Santa Ana winds that mm-hmm. just kick off and are crazy through their valleys. Yeah. And uh, things get going because they're like in a yearly drought all the time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where the brother-in-law's working. He's flying for them now for Cal mm-hmm. Fire. So right. he's, uh, they're, they're very busy. So. Tallest California. I'm, I'm never, yes. never good with that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. I always think they're Colorado. Um, yeah, so our thoughts to all those guys working uh, working hard down there, guys and gals. It's a uh, pretty, pretty big fire. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the deployment and kind of how it went for you guys and any takeaways or little conversation starters on that. Who wants to take the lead? Um, sure. sure. Rob can because he was... I'm Rob was the one first. Before. Well, yeah. Rob was one... We actually, Kevin was about to come tonight, but he didn't. <laughs> it's okay he doesn't listen. Because uh, <laughs> Kevin was actually on the first deployment. First week, yeah. And Rob was on the second, and then I was on the third, so... Okay. We'll skip over the first week. Tell him they didn't do anything anyways. <laughs> well, no, from the, first, from the first week, what it sounds like Kevin did, they did a lot of scenarios, a lot of hose deployment. Yeah. Just uh, getting drills. themselves, yeah, yeah, drills. Yeah, which I guess let's start off with that. I, you know, it's it's awesome that we're doing so many drills, and this is kind of kind of kick off to some stuff we can talk about later. Is I found because we we did do these drills so the night before we left, doing all these drills, and then I'm like literally like okay, because uh, they're checking off a bunch of stuff for us. I'm like, you know, we're switching over crews tonight. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever our crew is doing. The other guys might not be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, it's, it's, some of it I'm like, it was kind of not pointless. It's always, yeah. it's always good to drill, but it was like, they were almost using as a, a check, a measuring stick to see, to make sure we had it down. But then I'm like, well, how, like three quarters, three quarters of my crew is about to change over. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, with Kevin and them, they stayed, I think they started drilling right away. Yep. So they stayed most of the week. But then when you guys came on, that was when the fire actually came down on top of you guys. Yeah, so they drilled for most of the week and then switched over and we did no drills. We were patrolling. (laughs) Because you're in the shit. Yeah, learning the the streets and the locations of everything. Um, We spent our Sunday when we we were arriving on Saturday and deployed for our first day on Sunday. And we spent most of the day driving around, um, just learning the areas, learning the streets, yeah. you know, listening to the comms of the other trucks, mm-hmm. hitting different areas, looking for hotspots. And that's what we did for most of the day is just look for hotspots. Um, most of it was still burning up in the, the mountainside. Um, we were, I think, back at our staging area, um, possibly getting ready to return back to camp. So we were deployed back up into a subdivision where uh, the fire was moving slowly, but they were anticipating it moving down to the subdivision. And so there was I eight to ten trucks maybe deployed throughout the area, um, spread out to watch for hotspots. And we sat there for, uh, for a bit watching for hotspots. We picked up a couple and pointed it out to a couple other trucks. Um, and that was, that was the rest of our evening mostly. Um, and it was still a couple hours off before the fire we thought was going to come down. So uh, we were pulled back out uh, for shift change, the night crew coming in, and back to staging. And so we're at staging. It's getting to be about, uh, let's say, 9, 10 o'clock. And we're getting ready to roll out. And we head down, head back down the road to the north. And we go, what? four minutes down the road five minutes down the road and we're our truck is like seven or eight trucks back and the fire has come down the mountain it's jumped the road and 
we have no egress out that way. And they're backing, tr- backing trucks up and backing out. And of course, a couple of trucks behind us not backing out there, actually trying to turn in the in the road. So there's a bit of a mess there with trucks trying to turn around. And, of course, a bunch of the TFLs, the task force leaders, they're trying to get these guys just to back out and find a road that everybody can turn around back on. So there's a little bit of a mess getting out of there. So we go back to our staging area. And now the task force leaders are asking trucks, okay, who has water, who has fuel? Because we were out near the end of your shift, right? So, yeah, yeah we we're well. We were well past the end yeah, of our shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're a few hours past. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they're checking now trucks for fuel. Our truck ended up having about half a tank of fuel. Which will last me a long time. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, think we yeah. fought that one fire like all night long, and it was like we we're we still already a quarter tank. Spent mm-hmm. over twelve hours or so, yeah. and only used a half a tank of fuel. So, and that was driving around most of the day. So the plan was to now head to the south down the road which connects to another community which then makes the main highway all the way back to where camp was which is about a two-hour drive so that was the plan there anybody with low fuel was going to stay in the safe zone at the staging and stay there so we head back so they were going to bring fuel to you I don't know if they're going to bring fuel. They're going to... <laughs> to the fire. Man. To the fire, yeah. Can you imagine being that guy? <laughs> like a water... No, no. A tanker truck. Fuel tanker. Diesel. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So we get heading up the road four minutes again or so, and the fire had... I think it had pushed up from the beach. Yeah, so we heard... Um, and, I, I, you know, I think it's, that's what the news is reporting. It jumped down and then came up the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And blocked our south egress so now we're we can't go either direction and so we're back to staging and and waited out until two o'clock in the in the morning where i guess it had burned enough and we pushed through right. they lined up three tenders or trucks with pump and roll yeah yeah the deck guns yeah, yeah. the, the one the one uh, tender we paired up with for the most of the week yeah, uh, the girl that was on that truck, she's pretty fresh, and they threw up on the deck gun, got her all decked out in her gear, and she thought that was the best thing ever. Oh, that, that'd be freaking awesome. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <But, laughs> that deck gun's actually only an inch and a half, too. It's an inch and a half, so, yeah. So it actually it, it runs for quite a long time on a limited mm-hmm. amount of water. So yeah. just an inch and a half deck gun. It's not a massive one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. But, uh, yeah, so that, was our, that was our first day was... <laughs> Just a. You guys probably had the most uh, interesting day out of all of our guys that night. Yeah, might have also been the most frustrating because you weren't able to do a lot because the fire was everywhere and there was a lot of safety yeah. concerns. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of safety concerns. I think, you know, of course, not being in command and not yeah. making the decisions, but yeah. our truck, all our guys in our truck, were sitting there. We could do something. Yeah, but we've got water. <laughs> we've got all these tenders. We've got mm-hmm. these two yeah. semi trailers that hold twenty thousand gallons yeah. each. You know, but, and we wanted to do something, yeah. and of course, we're not in yeah, command, and yeah, it's somebody else's yeah, decision. Yeah. So and everybody wants to do something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. To trust what they say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then from from then on, it was back to camp, eat dinner at two thirty in the morning, go to bed at three, and then seven thirty. Somebody's talking to Grant, 
I think he was talking to Pat. I heard no, he was Pat. talking to Pat or talking to Grant. Yeah, I don't Grant know. was sleeping in his tent, and some, some random guy walks up and talking to Pat. <laughs> Saying, yeah, they want us back up there. You know, it's 7.30 in the morning. If only had a little bit of a few hours of sleep. Because they originally said you guys could come up back at noon. T- noon. Mm-hmm. But then they got you yeah. at 8. And so then they had structures taken care of yeah. and hot spots and you know, hosing down foundations. and yeah. Well, making sure no away. more structures went uh, got yeah. on fire. Yeah. And yeah. then that was the rest of our week, pretty much. Hot spots and... Yeah. yeah. So that first night there, like, and with a few hours sleep in between, that was the first two days you'd say were probably the most busy because they had the most fire activity yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And then they did do a test burn on midweek, Thursday maybe it was. They did a test burn, and it was a couple hundred hectares that mm-hmm. they burned off, and they just had us patrolling up and down the road, checking bladders, making sure they're full. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how many, so in your task force, so actually with your task force, were you task force honey badger by chance? No, that's, <laughs> what that's what I want to call our task force. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, t- I took a picture and no, our first. We're by number, so uh, yeah. we were, th- I know we were three for a while. And we were like, three yeah. for half of the week, but I we mean, were, it, it changes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, the numbers didn't, I don't think they meant anything. They were just like. No, it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they had, I mean, when we first got there, they had five task forces, uh, two water groups, uh, and an SPU group as well. And there was one, about five trucks per task force, like yeah. three yeah. engines and two yeah. tenders, or, yeah, or two mm-hmm. engines, a uh, wildland, yeah. and a tender. So it was varied. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was cool because a wildland would be used for like scouting. And then the engines, of course, would do engine work, and then the tenders would do... And the numbers work. the numbers they had at least this, that weekend, they had 20 engines, yeah. 16 tenders, 16 <laughs> utility vehicles, a mechanic, and 143 yeah. personnel. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they try and keep the, the task force uh, like to a very like groups, right? Very similar uses. Right. And then uh, that's back to the, the ICS model for your Spanish control. That's why you're about five per, per grouping. Yeah. yeah, and then um, so when you guys went up there, Scott. Yeah, so we were kind of on the tail end. Now the fire has kind of died off. It's um, it's, I mean, you know, a number of structures were lost. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I mean that one night it was it came down pretty hard on the guys. Um, so we were again we were tasked to go around and making sure there was no hot spots in the green zones. So that you know you had the black. So we'd look in the black, but of course, starting the black, mm-hmm. for the first couple of days, we just kind of let that still burn itself off. So we would look around in the green zones, uh, making sure nothing had jumped. So that was interesting because you'd be, you know, just be walking around, but then you'd walk around in the green zone, and then you'd suddenly find a house that had burned up. Yeah. It was weird because it's like fire doesn't, like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, it just goes wherever it wants. It's, what were you going to say? Plus. It's a living thing. Move the breeze. Breeze. Backdraft. Someone actually said that's a great movie. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Well, where yeah. where was that? It was a yeah. People are like, what's the best firefighter movie? Backdraft. No, it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> it's a crappy movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's some good fire related movies. I think only the brave is probably the best one. That's a really good movie. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think Larry Forty Nine is not bad. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Yeah, Chuck and Larry. Chuck and Larry. 
And it was always a knock about, oh yeah, fire. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, so it was kind of like, yeah, there'd be one house that's fine and this house is not. Mm-hmm. And then, and then at one point you're like, oh, the, the, the house burned down, but the, the RV is still fine. Mm-hmm. Like the paint's not even charred. Yeah. And then the reverse in the next house. It's like, what? like one house we saw was like the windows were smashed out from the heat of the fire, but nothing inside was burnt. It's like, the curtains are still in the window. I'm like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Right. Like how, how does the exterior of the house get so hot? And everything's mm-hmm. coming up to it that the window smashes out, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not enough or whatever. It just doesn't hit right. Yeah. We're like highly flammable. Like the curtain should have went up. I don't know. There's, there's something to be that. said though for sp- sprinkler protection. Oh man. Because like, you yeah. can see where the sprinkler saved and didn't. Yeah. 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 So like, so I you know actually one reason why I think that, um, that house I just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I think what happened was the windows blew up in the heat. Mm-hmm. And then the fire was probably pushing towards it, and the sprinklers was on the roof. And I'm thinking the sprinkler probably landed was like the as right. the, as it's hitting the the hot air was probably pushing the um right. the the wet air into the uh, into the house. I think that's what saved it. Mm-hmm. So I did yeah. see some houses patrolling around that did have windows open. Yeah, which that could be a contributing factor. There were other places, of course. The next day, there was a crew that was there that wasn't interior attack. Um, they were strictly an exterior department. Mm. They did end up finding an attic fire called another department that could do interior, mm. and they actioned that fire. So that was during the actual day? That was during the day. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, so they had us patrolling around, making sure we check check vents, check yeah. attics. Um, and it, I did find one attic of a house that had the metal uh, eaves grating, mm. but no mesh, no nothing. It was clear anything could have got like an animal could have climbed in there Mm -hmm. so but the house was there um so any any of those ember storms could have blown an ember through a window or Mm -hmm. melted even a a mesh screen and gotten in and that could have been a yeah a cause yeah that's the sprinkler protection and the fire smarting like big believer of it now i mean obviously before i was too but now after Seeing, seeing, it, seeing it up mm-hmm. here in our fires and then seeing that. Like, you could just tell the houses that were fire smart. Yeah. Um, and then even just the crews with fire smart houses. Like, you'd see stacks of things in the driveways or right. wherever. Um, and you'd see the sprinkler lines out. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So that's kind of what our day, like the first day consisted of. We were patrolling the green zones. And then we started going, um, because the unit crews were all up in the mountains working, like the forestry guys were up in the mountains working. So we kind of took on their... Normally, their role for these kind of fires would be go to put out hot spots. So we would t- we, our trucks would take on the role of doing that. So now we would drive up the r- roads, and uh, if we saw like what we call a smoker or a puffer, I think someone call them a puffer too. So a smoker out in the woods, we'd uh, we pull we stretch our line out there and deal with it because mm-hmm. it saves the unit crew guys. Like what we can do in ten minutes of water, they it takes them three hours because they have to dig it out and do all this other stuff. Um, we called them we called them ash holes. Ash holes. <laughs> Sweet. There was a sign on the way out of camp every day that said, uh, Firefighters kick ash. And we're like, Oh, that's kicking ash. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's basically what our week was. It was actually a lot of, uh, then it became a lot of PR stuff. Like, um, we actually watered a few, because the one area we were at was um, a lot of agriculture. Mm-hmm. And because the power poles burnt, um, they lost a lot of their pumps and their mm-hmm. power. So a lot of these um, farms and stuff didn't have any water. So we yeah. would we'd actually go and 
we'd empty a few trucks onto different fields and farms oh, really? just to uh, just keep their so it was really PR work, um, and it's and, uh, and actually it was very important work because you know people lose their crops or yeah that's where really, livelihood gone. There so were things there were a lot more costly. Yeah, there were a few homes that we watered some specialty crops that yeah. were growing on their decks. Yeah, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. A lot of specialty crops going around, <laughs> yeah. like tomatoes and such. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a lot of tomatoes too. <laughs> yes, there was. Um, well, I mean, heck, there were <laughs> our our so there was a story. Our task force leader uh, during the middle of the week had found some cats somewhere and made a point because he was on deployment. The next day was his wife's birthday plus her anniversary or their anniversary. And so he goes into town. He phones her and says, look, we're adopting these dogs or cats or whatever it is. He's going to the pet store to buy (laughs) food to throw in the back of his, his truck. To take out and make sure he feeds these animals. So and he had like a, he had a lot of food in that truck. When yeah, he <laughs> and we ended up, throw, you know, any extra food we had on the truck from our lunches or anything, we'd end up feeding some dogs, dogs or chickens or bears, llamas. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah so llamas was llamas there. There was llamas. Yeah. So we ended up feeding a lot of animals. What does a llama eat? I don't know. Probably not peanut butter. Gave it. That's a hot dog. Cheese sandwich. Yeah. Teenager ham. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a llama? You fat llama. Peanut. It was a llama, was it? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it was a llama. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm surprised there's, uh, I mean, these uh, evacuations are usually very rushed, as we all know, but uh, usually there's kind of designated teams and people together getting a lot of the animals out. Yeah, there was uh, teams that came through and grabbed them. There was just a few that weren't. I don't know why some of those were left. We, yeah, we saw a couple of vehicles that were on the side the Sea Dirt. I think it is. The name of the companies. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. go in. Yeah. They were going in and they had empty uh kennels and yeah. uh cat carriers in the back of their trucks and whatnot right. looking for, for pets. And I mean yeah. obviously as you're patrolling through the properties, you know, yeah. you're finding uh dead pets and right. having to make sure you're um removing those because they were telling us during the week that they wanted the the homeowners to come back in, and I don't think right. it was until you guys were there. They didn't even come really um, back in yet, or even later in your guys's deployment. Yeah. Well, now that this uh, controlled ignition, what is it, what is it called? Planet ignition, Planet Planet is um is basically it sounds like it's done. It just went on the news that they're basically done. Mm-hmm. And now they can start letting people back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the CDART does that. They've got pretty big um, teams and outreach and. Lots of different little areas. That's the uh, the Canadian Disaster Animal Response Team. Yeah, yeah, right. They're the ones who actually gave us our um, pet masks for our fire trucks. Right? I think they it's, gave us yes. one yeah. as well. And we got sure. a rescue truck. Yeah. 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 Um, the one it's funny. We found this one dog. We're like, oh, the dog's in there. So we we go down, give it some of our sandwiches, and then we went back because we knew our guy had dog food. So we go, hey, we need some dog food. So he gives us a whole bag of dog food. So we go back, and uh, Jay and I are getting, and Andrew are getting bowls together, and we pouring all these bowls and dogs going crazy we're putting all these bowls out and trying to find water and then we there was a bear in the area so we're like kind of looking around and then we hear that like i hear the the door in the house start rattling i'm like what the the bear's in the house <laughs> the door opens the, there's a guy in there like so the guy never left but no one like he never he never evacuated but no one knew he was in there because every time someone would show up he would just kind of like he wouldn't hide he would just kind of ignore them but we spent so much time, and like we, we were probably there for twenty minutes trying to get this dog sorted out. Then finally, he just comes out and be like, 
what do you guys want? <laughs> we're, we're super nice about it. We're like, hey, we're, oh, we're like, oh, you're here. He's like, yeah, yeah, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> like, no one's ever like really, like, I don't know if no one ever asked him or if, if he just didn't ever answer his door. Yeah. So we were like, oh, crap, like this guy's been here. So we, <laughs> we messaged our task force leader, hey, this guy's in here. He's like, he is? <laughs> we're like, yeah. So now the dog's all his food. <laughs> guy's super happy, but it's funny. He's like, I'm staying. Like, yeah, we ended up with a couple of houses in our patrols where... Oh, there's somebody here. Yeah. And of course, he's got pumps and yeah. nozzles and sprinklers running, so mm-hmm. he wasn't leaving at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's that's the toughest thing. I think for a lot of people is, you know, if if you have a little bit of the gear and a little bit of the know-how, mm-hmm. I would probably be the same. I'd yeah. Be, I'd be staying. Well. Right? With an exit plan. Where were we this weekend? Yeah. That was case in point. 100%. Yeah. Those guys stayed, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We ended up on that Sunday night too. We ended up with two civilian vehicles in our in convoy fleet. heading out. <laughs> yeah. Um, pickup truck and some guy with his boat. <laughs> a boat goes and of course, it. I didn't realize. Yeah, of course, I realized afterwards these guys are stayed there and waited and waited and waited the very end. And of yeah. course, I think they were talking about a fireboat that was doing some fire suppression that had to pull off fire. Pull yeah. off. Well, they were doing the. They were the ones filling the. They were the ones filling the bladders. They were filling bladders. That's and right. then they got pulled off to uh, go rescue people on the beach. Oh, really? So then the trucks ran out. Of, I don't know if they actually ran out of water, but they were. That, that definitely compromises the but water they supply. Didn't, yeah. that they was didn't on the news. go. Yeah. They didn't leave to go get rid of these people. They got them on the boat uh-huh. and went back to their water suppression uh-huh. and water feeding to the trucks. Yeah. So. Hmm. It was interesting. I never seen a never seen a water supply for coming from a fire fire, fire yeah. boat before. So yeah, we'd uh, so you'd show up and you'd be like, you'd ready down the fire boat and they'd crank this friggin' pump up and then like it was like a six inch supply line that they were. It was probably a good mile up <laughs> the hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you just just and then there'd be somebody there to turn it on and uh, run your fill your truck for you. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. There was a guy there. He took up all the hoses and. He, he, he looked like he hated his life because <laughs> this is like a week after the, like half a week after the fire. He <laughs> sounded like the this most guy happiest like, guy uh, on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy in the boat and the guy in the, like at the station, the fill station, he was just like, eh, Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was not too enthused. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they just had the one fire boat with that one area where there's houses and docks and stuff. That yeah. There's a fire boat. And then, um, there was these two massive pumps set up too. So there's okay. like three fill, fill areas we can go to mm-hmm. and we just pull up and there'd be like, and the line was like near the road, so we could just pull up. Um, mostly the tenders did that. Engines didn't do it very much because um, that's what the engines are for. So, but if we were driving by and we were low on water, we're, rather than calling the tender, we just pull over and and fill ourselves up. Yeah, yeah, nice. They had they had the one day. Luckily, it was near where the boat station was. Um, when they cranked up the water supply line, it filled. But it wasn't nice and flat, and it rolled on them. Oh. And I was walking up the hill as it rolled, and it rolled through some roots and down the little hillside of it, and those roots pinched it right off oh. where it, no water was getting through. So they shut it down, break it down. It was all um, Storts. Storts connection. Oh. So they were able to decouple it, get some water drained out, and move it back up the hillside. But yeah. they'd had a real problem if they hadn't caught that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's why it's important to constantly keep checking our lines and walking them every now and then, right? Like mm-hmm. we get we do get a little complacent on a long term event where you have lines just kind of left, right, mm-hmm. for a supply line. Yeah, I mean, I can see the pros and cons of the uh, 
because we were all looking at the storts going on. Because we right now we run the two and a half. Yeah. You guys run the storts. Yeah. So um, and there I could really see the pros and cons of both because I'm like, hey, cons of the storts of the big supply line is it's fucking heavy. Super heavy. Yeah. <laughs> so once it's in place, that's where it stays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the obviously the pro is you got a lot of water coming. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we we um obviously because there was certain areas where we had to connect to storage, so we actually ended up getting because uh, we have one storage connector in this whole department, <laughs> so we got it sent up to us and we jerry rigged something that worked quite well. So, I mean, we're going to get some storage connectors just to, to work with you guys and mm-hmm. then do get this sort of work again, right? Because it is definitely the way of the, not the future. It's here now. It's been around for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> um, for us, it's probably going to be... the way of the mutual aid future. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything wrong with us getting, you know, maybe a couple donut rolls of storts for hook-up to hydrants mm-hmm. for antenna work because it does fill a hell of a lot faster. For sure. Yeah. And if we have the connectors already, why not? Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't... I couldn't, I couldn't see us go into a full hydrant supply line of that stuff because right. right now it's nice because if we need more two and a half to stretch our lines longer we can just pull off the right off the, off the supply deck yeah. mm-hmm. but if but we had a couple lengths yeah, designated yeah. just for a supply line yeah because yeah. really if you're the tender you're going to be right next to hydrant anyways that's right um and if you're the engine i mean we can two and a half i don't i've never i've never found us run low in water running two and a halves because if we need more we'll just throw another one on <laughs> yeah coming out of a hydrant if you have a a decently, like a decent lay off the hydrant. I don't remember a time where we've really been starving for water. Yeah. All of our water issues are out in the rural where we're, you know, mm. doing and tender rocks. Yeah. Okay. And that's where that, that big supply line comes in. Because that fills the tender way faster. Because yeah. that's our delay. Yeah. You know, the tender's great, but the turnaround can be lengthy. So mm-hmm. I'm really seeing that's the benefit of having mm-hmm. a storts is that system yeah yeah you go get a storts pony four inch pony from yeah. that and for your yeah. tenders and then yeah. maybe your refill times will be a lot quicker yeah. mm-hmm. because even run off the hydrant like people are like ah, oh, you're only running two and a half but you're running like three lengths out i'm like yeah but the three lengths aren't usually running they're not running full bore all the time mm-hmm. they're if they're running full bore all the time that means it's a big fire and it's and we probably run a second line off i mean if we're running you know if it's if it's an attack like a structure fire mm-hmm. we're doing quick attacks um, I've never seen us drain the, like the tank's gonna get low, but then it immediately refills because that two and a half's always putting water in. Yeah. And we're just shooting quick bursts or you know maybe longer bursts, but it's still I don't know. I've never had a problem with running out of water once we're on. I'm throwing a hydrant. I've never I've never been worried about running low on water. No, the only time I remember is it was the high school fire. Yeah, and that's and that because was a, we had yeah. so many trucks tapped yeah. on. And that was a hydrant. The, the system was, was running out of water, and that's what it is. <laughs> it, was, it was the system is just depleting the, the fill rate, right? And yeah. and that was the problem. So stores made it worse. No, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, you're not winning on that. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's not yeah. it's not an equipment issue at that yeah. point. It's a water yeah. supply issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, back to the deployment. Um, yeah, some good learning stuff because. We work with all sorts of different departments. We get to look at their gear. Um, like we're trying to transition right now. We still wear um, the fire retardant coveralls. Um, they're definitely not the way to go on a long deployment. Um, I don't really even like them on on our short fires. Yeah. Because um, they're they're hot. They're cumbersome. They're annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but on these long deployments, they are they are terrible. Because <laughs> yeah. you're wearing them for twelve hours a day, and you're like. Oh, Cause you got to wear something underneath them. Yeah. So you're like super hot. And then, um, I don't know. I just, they're not breathable. They're not movable. Um, so there was a lot of me shopping around like, Hey, what, what gear are you wearing? Oh, nice. And I write some, they're yeah. naming their gear down. Hey, what gear are you wearing? So it was actually a good opportunity cause you can actually see how it fits people and see what they have pros and cons. Right. I can talk to guys like, Hey, what are the pros and cons of this stuff? So, mm-hmm. so we got some ideas. 
Um, so that was one thing that came from that. Um, I like the uh, just the on and off of our the way we were hanging our hoses on the truck. The, the racking and re-racking? Yeah. The racking and re-racking. Just, uh, some hose straps and hanging them off of one of the light bar, not light bar, but bracket on the side of the truck for the lights or off the back. Uh, the bar. The, the bar, bar hanger yeah. for yeah. our hose hangers on the yeah. back. Yeah. Um, makes for a quick rapid deployment of that mm-hmm. forestry hose. And that's what we used most of the time was that engine and a half forestry hose. Yeah. yeah. Um, we did a little bit of stuff with some Econoline, but, um, and even that you could easily deploy yeah. that way as well yeah um it was interesting to see each each crew like each one of our crews did, did things differently because yeah. kevin's crew when they went up they they were talking to another department and they were those guys were like well you should do it off your side and so they started doing it off the side and then when we when we we got up then you guys got up there and started migrated to the back I well think. we had it one on one Which side is how we one on it. the other yeah but we also threw the gated Y on the back. Yeah, which I like. So if we could, if we couldn't get down a specific driveway, or if we were down a driveway backed in, we could just run the yeah. hoses off of that. So what, with us, it ended up being the gated Y on the back was our go-to, and then we still had hoses off hanging off the side yeah. that we could run as well. But the gated Y off the back was that was our go-to because we had it. We we had it down. We were using a tailboard as our marker, so we'd go back and forth. That was our length yeah. marker, and then we'd wrap it with two straps to hang it. Yeah, and we could deploy in like twenty three seconds at water flow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, real quick deployments. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, when we practice that stuff in the past, um, like there's there's numerous ways to do it. It just depends on on kind of the area where you are and what's going to work the best, right? I have to give I have to give you and your knowledge, your department, some props with the writing on the window. Oh, you're with, yeah. Uh-huh. With the. Uh, information on the, the glass that's right um that was huge there was actually so many departments that had not seen that before uh even our one task force leader was in there that is cool shit <laughs> taking a picture and he's like i gotta show my guys these going back to the city mm-hmm. um there were other departments all of a sudden you're looking around and you're walking past the fleet of trucks and there's like Oh, they didn't have that before. They didn't have that before. They didn't have, so they were catching on to it and have yeah. all their information there. So huge. Because now you can see which trucks are with you, which tenders are with you. Because mm-hmm. it was all different departments. And it, yeah. so it would change sometimes. And I'm like, who's this again? I'm like, all oh, right. And I have to look down. I'm just trying to find my notebook. Yeah. Yeah. It's like right yeah, in front of me. Right and I think taking that is key in any fire that we go to. Even yeah. a structure fire now, would be huge to write down the address yeah. on the window, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. That would be key because now your driver can see it. The guys in the back can see it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to keep asking dispatch, where's the address, or looking at the iPad. Because I was doing that for a bump and run drills. I was, he'd radio us, and I'd just right on the windshield. Yeah. And then we'd go. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We had that little call today, and it was at a uh, like a mobile home park. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to start writing. I, I grabbed the pen right away. I was about to write down like the unit number and yada yada, and I'm trying to radio over the our radio and the our uh truck radio shit to bed so i have this thing in my head or in my hand and i'm like radio's dicked <laughs> <laughs> i didn't say dicked <laughs> like said that the radio was out so if somebody else hopped in that truck or whatever they knew like don't grab the fixed radio you're gonna have right. to run off uh, portable right. um but like i saw it mounted there i'm like perfect boom 
I started, I was like going to write things down. Yeah. And then the first thing is like, and then I, I jump in the done. duty truck and I'm like, where's this pen? I'm like, ah, crap. We didn't put a pen in this truck yet. Cause I, yeah. we just got back with the pen. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some, something else I think that came out of that too, was writing the names of the guys who were in that truck. If for whatever reason your truck gets, your guys get lost or yeah. that. It's or, an accountability board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, your task force leader or even your your truck chief or your mm-hmm. department chief can mm-hmm. have a look at that and say, okay, it's these guys that are on this truck. They don't have to radio around. They don't have to walk around looking for the truck captain. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that isn't a bad idea either, right? Just quick, quick little notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing we've talked about in the past. Like I, like, I enjoy having it on the windshield because if something happens to me, mm-hmm. you know, or if my notepad gets compromised where I have all that information, well... What good is it if, unless everybody else has it, like yeah. everybody needs the same information for the safety plan or for mm-hmm. contacts, your task force leaders, uh, different radio channels for whatever ops and away you go, right? Yeah, for sure. Right. That, we got those name tag things, but yeah. half the time we forget to grab them. Sometimes mm-hmm. they, they get lost or another thing. I'm like They don't make it back to you. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm thinking, yeah, just write the names on the windshield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, cause I, I'll go tell the chief anyways, like when I go over there, cause he has his own board, right? So yeah. I don't have to give him the name tags. I always keep the name tags strapped to my chest, but then sometimes that gets screwed. So now that we get these pens, I'm just going to start writing people's names on my windshield. Yeah, so we have two two small tags um, and two name tags going each one. Yeah. Um, the one stays with the truck, and the other one goes out to our command. Yeah. Um, then if something ever happened, that's, that is in that truck, so you know, yeah. but same idea with the windshield, right? Yeah. yeah. It's on there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all credit to that, it goes to a Helicopter Mike. Yeah. Chopper yeah. Mike. Chopper Mike. Chopper Mike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was and cool. those those for, the fluorescent marker I find is the best. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think we yeah. found that too. I think Brian found actual it was wind, window window marker. window markers glass glass markers. Yeah, it's yeah. not not just whiteboard yeah. markers, actually window marker. It's nice. Super bright. Yeah, yeah. super bright. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, even at night I can still see the mm-hmm. names of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you don't have to look down; you're just looking right through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I had like so much stuff written on there, and like. Supervisors' names, equations. And I, had, and... I had like uh, mechanics' names, and <laughs> you know, by the week. That's one thing with these deployments. Your truck is driving a lot more than normal. Yeah. yeah. So things are rattling. You're on dirt roads, so things are rattling loose, and we're trying to fix stuff. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. it was an interesting thing we didn't know about our truck, and we had to keep track of was kilometers yeah. on our truck when pumping. Yeah, Which actually makes sense because it, the transfer yeah. case. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it's something we ever thought of in the past. Yeah, so uh, I think Wade started it, and then Jay took, carried it on. Probably, I'm guessing Pat, Pat, and, Pat did as well. And so they, they, yeah, they had little math equations on their on their side of the windshield. So they take oh, the yeah. thing, and they'd write down like when they start, every time they start the pump up, they would write them like write them kilometers down. So then by the end of the night, um, Dave would just he would just tally up everything while I'm doing my forms. He yeah. just he'd be tallying it up, and then he'd be like, "Oh yeah, we did 190 actual driving today." I'm like, "Perfect." I sent it to the guys. Nice. Like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like definitely a ton of different takeaways, right? From being with all the different departments and, sure. and chatting yeah. and just, just kind of learning what uh, some of the teams have done on multiple deployments and yeah. seeing what a lot of these guys are doing. really like experienced. Like they, this is our first time really loaning ourselves out. Yeah. So um, just even understanding how camp life works and mm-hmm. who's who and where to go and who to talk to. And then, then you start, then you start understanding how to game it. You're like, okay, if, if I go here this time, I can grab an IP. <laughs> and I'm like, just saying that, cause that's got all the information yeah. on it. Cause sometimes they don't give those to the engine bosses. They just give them to the team lead, the right. task force leaders. So I'm like, <laughs> so I figured out where those are. <laughs> you figure out who else to talk to. And uh, yeah, you start like, 
I think another week there, I would have known a lot more about stuff, but <laughs> right. good. Yeah, we yeah. When what time of day to go get the cookie chocolate chip cookies? Yeah, then you know <laughs> what what cooks he hit up. I guess Grant one night because Grant's vegetarian. I guess the first night he gets there, he's like, "Oh, yeah, there's nothing vegetarian over there." And like the one cook's like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll just cook you up a stir fry." He's like, "Sweet, a stir fry." And she starts putting it together, and this other cook's like, "What are you doing?" And he she's like, "I'm making a stir fry." She's he doesn't get a stir fry. We have vegetarian chili in the freezer that he gets. And Grant's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like so what are you a fresh stir fry to <laughs> yeah. chili. <laughs> yeah, frozen chili. Yeah. But Grant was okay. He's like, yeah. He goes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting. The camp, the whole dynamics of the camp, because it was not just us. There was forestry guys there. There was... Yeah. Um, mm. Just there was people from out of country there. They've just had when we yeah. got their uh, crews from Quebec. Yeah, and then we got sent to uh, actually a, a curling club because we were because since we we're structural protection, we were on a different time than those guys were. Mm-hmm. They wanted us out of the camp because um, these people were not quiet in the morning when they got up, right? Right. So we got sent inside. So that was interesting dynamics too because now you're inside this like kind of like a big cave, and dudes from the night shift are snoring. <laughs> you walk in, so you're trying to tiptoe. And then they're snoring away, but it's all echoey. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's interesting. So in that, when you guys were in, in that rink then, did you just have cots set up like your own little areas? Yeah, so it was like areas, cots set up, and then uh, I slept in the cot one, and I'm like, eh, I'm like a big cot guy. So then I just got my ground pad and put it down. It was super comfortable. Mm-hmm. Lots of room, because it was, you know, that place is huge, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's only probably like 30 of us in there, so, wow. We all had, like, probably a big 30-foot area we could kind of take over. You didn't bring your hammock? Well, if I would have known. Well, I don't know if there's a... Yeah, maybe. If find a spot somewhere. If I would have known that we were staying there, I would have brought my um, my portable hammock. Like, I, I have, like, a portable hammock. Yeah. And I would have brought that thing. Like a, like a hammock, that's a freestanding hammock. <laughs> that, I would have brought that. Yeah. Uh, we need a trailer on the back of... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Awesome. Yeah, definitely a lot, lot of takeaways, eh, from, uh, from yeah, the yeah. multi-leg event there. That's cool. It was nice to be our first one, not too far away. For sure. Because we, we, could we did find we, some time. Yeah, because yeah. we could phone guys, hey, I need this, we forgot this, we we yeah. broke that, we didn't think we needed this, but we need this now. Yeah, we had multiple shipments that were going up valley. Uh, like, we ended up robbing that storage detector, yeah. sent, sent that up the valley. We ended up sending a couple extra lengths of hose, which... Like, there is supply there that you can grab, but, like, you're supposed to come equipped. Yeah. So if something fails, you can exchange and just grab more hose. Right. But uh, we wanted to rig up a couple of different lengths um, so they can deploy differently. Uh, so we ended up sitting, uh, we shipped up, I think, two or three more lengths. And, yeah, just a bunch, bunch of stuff. We got some, some Wildland goggles o- over, like, the regular... I pro that we run mm-hmm. um just when you're in the shit like they they do prove to be a lot nicer so yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> the <medieval>. goggles <laughs> we're driving through on that sunday night and i've got my goggles on of course i want to have the window down so i can take a video of all this fire mm-hmm. and i've got the goggles on and grant's got his goggles on and we're sitting in the back and he looks over at me and i'm like this <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and he's like with my helmet on, he's like, well, he looks like a minion. Or your helmet's red. I was going to say your helmet's <laughs> Yeah, he said, I look like a minion with the big eyes and the goggles. <laughs> nice. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, I think, you know, lots to learn for future deployments and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's now you can really start planning how to exactly the outfit for the next one, right? But one thing I want to talk about, I was alluding to this earlier, was, so we have these, they have these task force that we've been mentioning. Right? Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So the task force are everybody kind of like, we could literally have anybody from the province with us. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, our truck and a truck from up north and a truck from the coast on like from a city truck and a truck from some other place. They all get put in this task force, which is cool for relationship building, I guess. Yeah. Because then we get to meet these new guys. Sharing. And, you yeah. know, information sharing. You get to kind of see some interesting ways that hose is done. You get to see their trucks. But, which is great when we were in the dynamics we were in our, in our, in our deployment because we were kind of as like slower. It was like we were doing mock-up and stuff. So we weren't really in the shit. But when you're in the shit... You don't want to be like, okay, sorry, what was your name again? What kind of engine do you have? Mm-hmm. What do you guys know? Are you going to run away when this fire comes or are you going to stay? <laughs> like, I need yeah. to know this stuff. You want to know everybody's yeah. skill set. Uh, like, are you yeah. coming yeah. with water or are you going to be halfway down the road when that thing comes over the hill and, and I yeah. need water? So it's like stuff like that. So we were talking to a couple of the task force leaders and they're like, yeah, um, I don't know if it's the way the province wants to go or if it's the way it should go. Um, is having local... So, like, we'd work with your um, town, Todd, and maybe the town to the north and town to the south and or mm-hmm. east. And we'd kind <clears> of, <throat> as the summer progresses, we'd have, okay, Todd, you're the task force leader this week. Um, okay, our department has an engine ready. Your department has an engine. Um, and the other department has a tender. And then as the call comes, they only have, the, the province only has to make one call. Hey, send in task force honey badger or whatever the hell we're going to yeah. call it. <laughs> <laughs> And then we come, we gather at a central location as one group, and we go to the fire together as one task force. And mm-hmm. we've trained together all year. We know exactly what your engine's capable of. We know what your guys are capable of. Yeah. We know who you are. We know your capabilities. And we get there. And I think it would be a more The cohesiveness yeah. would be way better, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it would be, yeah. So I think fighting fires would be way better. Like you, uh, Like, yeah, you wouldn't be getting to meet these people while on the fire ground. But mm. honestly, it's, it's, I don't, I don't look at it as a social environment. Like it's not meant to be that no, it's exactly. meant to be, you're there to protect right. structures and fight fires. Mm-hmm. I think too, we we're talking, of course, talking with our task force leader, uh, the week we were there, him wanting specific trucks, there, specific, uh, skill sets like from departments, yeah. you know, having not municipal trucks because they have a lower water capability because they've got hydrants every couple of blocks. Whereas we have, what is it? A thousand gallons on our truck versus 300. Or know you have a municipal truck and know what their skills are. Yeah. Like, you know, if if it was a municipal tax force, like they could have a municipal truck, but they should also have a bigger freaking truck that has more water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But also also the, okay, somebody has to have rescue tools on there because we have a truck accident or, we have a helicopter or an yeah. airplane go down. Or like you guys had, Someone falls uh, somebody falls down a hillside and you need rope rescue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have that, or medical. There was no medical, yeah. well, we had a medical assigned yeah. to yeah. our yeah. crew or our units. Yeah. Like there's a medic driving around. But that medic yeah. is but more, I think, of a... They're more uh, like a work safe person. Well, no, I think more to the forestry guys. Yeah. Well, they, they would help us as well, but they're also yeah, definitely... I'm sure that yeah. they would, yeah. but... I mean, we had a medical bag on our truck, uh, and some of us have done the FR stuff, so yeah. some of that stuff would be able to take care of. But yeah. as far as transport goes, yeah. there's no 
Um, there's there, no yeah. ambulance crews working that. Area. No, they're yeah. So your medic guys, they're they're generally staged at a, at a certain area, and if called upon, then they will come up to where that incident is and then provide transport if it's on gravel road to an ambulance because for the most part the ambulances won't actually go on to gravel road mm-hmm. um i mean we were lucky in our we had two paramedics with our task force yeah so, like they were like working with us yeah but also there's something to be said about having your own stuff on that truck that's fully capable Absolutely. of taking your own and also your other joining departments yeah. like you said like, there's some incidents where a truck just goes off the road Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you, you just don't know what could happen. I mean, what if a, a tree starts, you know, the root system starts to fail and it's actually a crush now or something else, yeah. if there is more injuries. Yes, the medic's still going to respond, but it's really like no other street response. We're still responding. We're still initiating treatment. And then those medics will arrive and continue and on and transport off. out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like I look at that task, like the if it was a regional task force, like if it was, a, it was yeah. us in our departments. You could give the guys assignments too, because mm-hmm. our task force leader he doesn't know what, so he can't give us assignments. But I could easily be like, okay, uh, Robin Ash, uh, you're 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 worried about the trucks. Mm-hmm. So in the morning briefing, you tell us anything wrong with any of the trucks. Mm-hmm. So the other drivers can tell you what's wrong, but I don't want this driver telling me that driver. I want you two are in charge of the trucks. Yeah, figure it out. Uh, yeah. Todd and your your partner, like you guys are medical, so yeah. give us a medical plan in the morning. Um, we'll do the fire plan. Like we do all this, you know, and that way every morning everybody would have their assignments and they would get done mm-hmm. rather than putting it all on the leader. Yeah. The leader would just make sure it all gets done. And you can he do, your own, do that. Cause you can do your own group cohesiveness yeah. and, and group check-ins and stuff too. Like, like it's like any other, yeah. um, mini ICS system involved. In yeah, it, right? like, yeah. We're taking care of each other and we pass it off to our task force leader and he goes up the chain from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it's something they can do. Um, I don't know what the, cons would be do it other than when they want to split crews up because like what we what happened to us our our crew that reshuffled um that's the only thing i could see them the con of it would be would be okay we want to reshuffle this task force now to make it in a water group like to right rob had yeah so the tender now the two tenders get peeled off and put them somewhere else mm-hmm. but is that such a bad thing now they're doing the work but they're still up there with the with their task force so. mm-hmm. you know, and also you're taking a lot of resources from one area out of the area yeah, I guess that's a brother problem. Right, but a lot of these departments around here were gone anyways, <laughs> doing work on all over the place rather mm-hmm. than the one central area. Yeah, there's a lot of our our adjacent departments, including yourself, that were uh, deployed uh, quite vast areas. Right. So mm-hmm. I guess that would fall. The other problem would be is if we're all deployed and something kicks off down here, mm-hmm. that whole task force would leave, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Yeah." yeah <laughs> I think the other benefit too with us working together, if if we were to work together. With something like that is when there's something local and you guys need mutual aid from us to come yeah. down there we're we know what we're getting or you know what you're getting we know what we're getting if we call you guys yeah. um, mm-hmm. and we've worked together already you know yeah there's that and that that kind of does happen when we start having our, our in-house training stuff right mm-hmm. like if we bring a trainer in for whatever the event or the course may be you know generally the primary focus is our department but then there's extra seats, and we mm-hmm. branch up to the adjacent departments, and yeah. in you come. That's right. Just getting back to what you said there, Scott, I wonder if it would be more beneficial for that whole task force to leave. Is it a pain in the ass if you've got your set task list coming up for the next day, you got a plan in place, and then something kicks off, and you lose, a truck. And you lose that truck. So now you've got a big hole in a task force that they're going to try to fill. Are they going to send in one engine with the tender like can they i don't know what that looks like out there 
Or is it, oh shit, something's, you know, kicking off down south, so that whole task force leaves, mm-hmm. and they just have to shuffle priorities over, mm-hmm. okay, well, hey, we had this this one issue over here that was more of a potential, we're just going to put a pin on that for today, and fill that hole with that now task force. Yeah, that whole you know, task there's... force can come down, check in with, with command, and be like, okay... This is Task Force Honey Badger. Here we are. This is what we got. And away you go, it's right? Sticking. Yeah. It's sticking. Yeah. It's probably part of that whole pre-planning. Okay, if this task force has to leave, can we reshuffle and make another one, or can we operate with one less? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, totally honey Badger coming out of the uh, out of a Maltese cross symbol. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Ripping apart the fire. Ripping apart a burning log. That's right. Because yeah. yeah. that's what they were <laughs> Oh, it's a thing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably have a logo made by there. Yeah, we're going to yeah. slide this laptop over and open up uh, Photoshop. <laughs> we're going to have a design. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah, that, that'd be pretty neat to see if that takes place. Because I guess on the island right now, they kind of, they don't do it officially, but there's so many departments on that island mm-hmm. that they, and they're so close together that they kind of like... They say when one of them, when a few of them get called, they actually call each other and like, "Hey, when are you going? To, when are you going on the ferry tomorrow? Oh, we're going this time. Okay, let's all meet together. And they drive together. Already happening. So right. They're not necessarily a task force when they get to the camp, but they're kind of driving in the crew and mm-hmm. they know each other. So, yes. and then the one guy did say when they're together, it runs a lot smoother. Yeah. Like, even if there's one or two of them from the same area mm-hmm. on that truck, on mm-hmm. that in that deployment, they do right. run better. Interesting. Yeah, that that could be really. Yeah. really good thing really actually beneficial because yeah. i mean even on our task force we had uh, a crew from we had two uh two units from the same department mm-hmm. and those guys just knew each other so well yeah. so they would know where they're going and mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. good no that'd be that'd be really cool to see if that actually takes uh, takes shape for the years to come right. mm-hmm. good yeah i think so all right um well let's move on from uh this event and let's jump into some of our shout outs uh modus ash modus uh snagger tools force entry wedges soft entry gear um they've got their bags and pouches and pocket organizers and um seatbelt cutters and hydrant wrenches i mean there's a lot of shit now uh really good quality product uh check them out on our socials check out theirs um yeah, we talk talk about these guys every week. Um, I'm sure you've heard of them by now. So if you like what you see, uh, in GTFF five five percent off. I saw a picture of Todd using his as a coat hanger. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. trying to figure out how to rack the re rack the hose of mine. Oh, See yeah. if there's a way we could hang it off the thing and rack it on there, but it wasn't <laughs> working. <laughs> I did pull it out though. We were trying to take a Mark three apart down in the in a, in a creek. Yeah. So they couldn't get the coupler. So I went and ran and grabbed my and I yelled from the top. Modus! <laughs> but they had just got it done, and Jason's like, Oh, we're good. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, stop the Bleed. Scott. Yeah, Stop the Bleed. Uh, StopTheBleed.org. Uh, three methods of uh, wound. Uh, sorry, three <laughs> methods of c- control the bleeding is uh, direct pressure, wound packing, and the tourniquet. Um, so, yeah, uh, go learn it. If you can find a local instructor, if not, become your own instructor by, mm-hmm. I mean, you can just you become your own. Have some training, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm an instructor. Yeah. I'm an instructor now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and start teaching the people. Uh, it's important. Um, like we always say, it's like if you can control bleeding, 
and do good CPR, you can save a lot of people's lives. Absolutely. Just in those two things. There's a huge crossover that, like we always talk about with our, our departments and stuff too, right? Like, you know, you look at um, the types of calls we go to and then we attend and just change that mindset into other things we've talked about for rescue task forces and yeah. just you know, really learning that stuff. So. It was actually awesome the one day we were, our task force leader was down, it was probably our second day, so he didn't really know us yet. And um, one of the other cruisers was using, was using a chainsaw. And I guess he went up to them earlier and he goes... You guys have a tourniquet with you? They're like, no, <laughs> I'm not planning on cutting my leg. He's like, well, I should have a tourniquet with. Mm-hmm. So then, in our kind of, we were in like our midday kind of, not really a briefing, which is our our tailboard chat. Yeah. He says, he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm a strong believer of stop the bleed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> so then he's like, yeah, you know, you should have a tourniquet on you at all times. And I actually, and I happen to have because I have my chest rig on, and I was I had a spare pouch that I didn't have anything in yet because I hadn't got my GPS um, up from town yet. So um, I, had my, I had a tourniquet shoved in there. I'm like, hmm? <laughs> he's like, yes. <laughs> so, so then him and I were like hitting off because he was, yeah, he's actually teaches stop the bleed um, in the coast of different people. He's we're a, actually he might come on. He's a medic. He used to be a paramedic. Now he's the deputy chief in one of the one of the big cities down there. So, awesome. so we're yeah. trying to get him on. Talk, yeah, to, talk about some stuff on. with him because he does a lot of rescue task force stuff. Uh, yeah, stop the bleed. So. Good. And uh, for some of that swag, of course, uh, Rescue Essentials. Rob. Hey! Rob. Rescue Essentials. Hey, I actually want, I want a bag from them. A big old medical kit from them. Is there stuff so, in it? No, I wish there was. That would be cool. Uh, but yeah, it was a big old, I uh, can't remember which, Omni something. I think, and uh, yeah, won it. <laughs> Good promo. Off of, off That's of a bag. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, but that was a contest on Facebook. I put my name in there and they messaged me a few days later. Hey, yeah, you you won. Sweet, awesome. Yeah, a, well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. say it's a four hundred ish or so dollar. Yeah, yeah, medical awesome. bag. So, you just got to get it outfitted. Mm-hmm. A little more outfitted. Yeah, rescuecentrals.com. They have uh, a lot of good supplies on there. So, um, numerous different suppliers in there for whatever type of, of uh, bag kit, IFAC training devices. Uh, things like that, and first off, the bleed supplies, that's where we got ours, so check it out, rescueessentials.com. Then you have us, so um, uh, we are on the Facebook, the YouTubes, uh, the Instagrams, and uh, TikTok, so please uh, go on there, find us, uh, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, give us some comments as well, if there's anything, um, suggestions, or any of our content that you've listened to, that if you have any input, uh, please uh, reach out to us, we love hearing from everybody, and um, yeah. We will definitely uh, stay engaged. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Any more for any more boys? Nope. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ash. Maybe. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. Have a good night. Rob. Thanks again. All right. Thanks. You. Oh, I should say good night. Oh, yeah. There you go. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Stay safe. Stay GTFF. Bye.